Awesome. This is an awesome opportunity. I'm so grateful to be here. And yes, uh, teenagers can be a handful. Um, but like I said, next door, that I'm really encouraged by this generation with the boldness that they have, that they have owned the truth and uh, are not afraid to tell people what it is. I think, um, I think a lot of our social media, as much as I like to dog on it, has, has encouraged that. It's given folks boldness to share what they think is true and you know, usually you get a lot of likes and it kind of encourages you to share more and then you share and share and more and more likes. So what we've created a generation that is not afraid to speak the truth. And it, when it's the truth of the gospel, that you can't beat that, amen. So um, it, like I said, it's an honor to be here this morning. Uh, Andrew and I have been here for about a year and a half now and I, I feel like we have been so welcomed in by you guys that uh, you're family, and we feel like family. So that said, I don't have to worry about getting stoned by any of you this morning. And I know that there's some in the parking lot, the temptation may be there, or a snowball, or an ice ball, or a snowball with a rock in it, but not that I've ever done that. Anyway, thank you. Uh, this, is, this is interesting too, because I don't know that I've ever taught the same sermon it, like this quick, you know? We were like running for the car to get over here, and we're like, because I was worried because I had, you know, they said about 20 minutes or so, and I had seven pages when I printed it out this morning. I'm like, that's not 20 minutes. We're in trouble. But I think we wrapped it up around half an hour, and it, it turned out good. So uh, my hope this morning, this is my goal, is that when you guys leave here this morning, you are so encouraged in your faith, in your strengths, in your giftings and gracings from God, that whatever has maybe been hindering you from walking fully in your love for God is just demolished. And I take a sledgehammer to it with the Word of God, and you guys are just like joining in, and all those doubts and fears, especially what you were just talking about. You know what it's like to come into a youth group and you've got 15 teenagers and they're all raising their hand, they're clapping and singing and praising, and it's like, yes! And then there's one teenager one week, and you're like, where are the rest of them? <laughs> is it me? <laughs> you know, it's like, where'd they go? Did you all just like stop loving God? Like, where you at? And they're like, oh, well, I was busy with homework and, and, and you know, uh, oh, okay. You can't let your identity be found in that kind of stuff. You know, you just love God and do your best and, and, and trust Him for the rest. Amen. I used to work in, in Hope Improvements and when we did windows and siding and doors, you'd, you'd cut the, the aluminum and it was do your best and talk the rest. Because it is what it is, okay? So you do your best and trust God for the rest because He's got it all anyway. Amen. So, my, my attempt this morning is to not step on anybody's toes, although that is my spiritual gift. Um, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm not going to be teaching anything that's like doctrinally deep or theologically controversial. So, this is, this is a, 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 a puff sermon. I'm going to encourage you this morning, so hopefully you have me back. I mean, so hopefully that you leave here and you're just ready to serve and love God to the fullest. Amen. So, I want to talk this morning about the way that you are made and the way, the W-A-Y, you love God, the with all your, okay? With all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, okay? So due to the possibility that I over-prepared for the time allotted, which is absolutely true, I did. I, I did, I had the foresight last night, as I was laying in bed, I grabbed my phone and added a little bit to it because it wasn't long enough already. I just put more in here. 
and gave myself a spoiler alert for you guys so that if I don't make it to the end of it, at least I've already got it ready to be like, here it is. Okay, spoiler alert. I'm going to give the ending away right now. When it comes to loving God with all your heart, soul, and strength, I think it is intuitive that your gifts, you're going to know this. It's intuitive that your gifts and graces from God will align more with one of those ways, spirit, soul, or body, than the others. And that's good. Not everybody's going to express their love for God the same way, by, by those gifts and graces in the same manner. That doesn't make anyone superior or inferior. It just means that you're unique. You're handcrafted. You're a one-of-a-kind you. And God made you that way to love him that way. You already feel better now, right? Okay, you are a one-of-a-kind. Rejoice in those God-given strengths and weaknesses. Paul said, I rejoice in my weaknesses. So rejoice in your weaknesses. Man, I'm horrible at prayer. Rejoice in that. You're horrible at prayer. Why? Because somebody out there, God's made really great at prayer. And they love prayer. Man, I'm horrible at worship. Great. Somebody's great at worship. We were talking over there that, that there is the, the deer stand Christian. This is, this is the guy I saw when at our previous church. He would, he would be in the back. And worship would be going on. And he's doing this. Now, you deer stand guys are going to know what I'm talking about. The worship's going on, and, and folks are in the front, and they're swaying, they're loving the Lord, and hands are raised, and people are clapping, and tears are being cried, and there's those guys in the back that are like, because they are not romantics. They don't get into that stuff. They don't want a love song for Jesus, right? They love Jesus in different ways than you. But they're not all excited about the flowery words and the swaying and swooning. That doesn't move them. But give them a project, and they're like, I love God. Let's do this. Paint a house? Amen. Right? That's how they're wired. So don't shame them, and don't shame the other guy. We're all made differently. Right on? Good. Okay, we're all on the same page here, right? Then you got the guy that loves to get into the theological discussions, and he's like, Man, I was reading the systematic theology the other day, and, and, and uh, I just, I, there's so much truth in here, and, and then like half an hour later, he's still talking, and you're like, I thought we were going to have a conversation. You're just going to run this whole thing. I mean, I, should I be taking notes? And then you got the person that they're just, I want to worship the Lord and pray, and, 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 and they jump in, and they're like, all you heathens! Why aren't you worshiping and praying as, as I am? Don't you know God wants to hear you speak his name and pray his words? And the dear stand Christians back there are like, yep, I do. I already did it. It was, dear God, help me. Amen. And the theologian's like, well, that's actually not really a good prayer because, you know, the scripture actually says this, and if you pray it this way, it'll probably be more effective. And then the worship guy's like, hey, everybody, chill out. Let's just sing. <laughs> and the worship, and the, the deer stand guy in the back's like, I don't sing. You don't want me to sing. And the theologian's like, well, the music's not really theologically accurate. I mean, there's scriptures that, that probably fit a little better. There's songs that, that, that fit better. And the, prayers, the prayer guy's like, well, we could be praying right now. What are we doing? We have a nation to reach. Don't you know? Haven't you seen Washington? Have you seen Facebook? That being said, we're not even on our slide one yet. 
That being said, if you leave here encouraged with how God has made you, I feel like I have done him good. Amen? And done you guys good. Slide chapter, or slide one, Genesis 1, says, let us make man in our own image. Now, there's a lot we can say about what it means to be made in the image of God, but the three things I want to focus on right now that come from this passage that I believe are undeniable is that man, like God, is triune. We are not divinity, but we are triune. We are tripartite beings, spirit, soul, and body. Okay? We are relational like our God. From eternity past to eternity future, God has always been communing among himself, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Right? And we are like him, creators. We are not chess pieces on a board just sitting there waiting to be moved. God has gifted us and graced us to go do things for him, to advance his kingdom for him in his name. To go out there and preach his gospel, share his word, reach the lost, help the poor, heal the sick, do all the things that Jesus empowered us to go do. Right? Okay. So whatever else the scripture says about what it means to be made in the image of God, those are what we're going to be looking at this morning. So number one, try you. We are beings consisting of three distinct components, spirit, soul, and body. Okay? I believe if you're going to say something, you better have scriptural backing for it. So thankfully, I've got plenty, because like I said, I've got seven pages. And the last slide is for, for your continuing education. There's for future reference or for further study, there's a whole bunch more scriptures tied to that. That's the last slide. So if you're a note taker or you want to take a picture, there you go. All right, so triune beings. Let's go to scriptural support, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 23. There we go. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, set you apart. Holy. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So it's not just me saying this. We've got Paul himself saying spirit, soul, and body. Okay. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. It says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And I said over there, I wish it, as the little Viking in me, I wish it said axe, but it doesn't. It says sword. I wish I had a, an axe of the spirit. You know, maybe I'll get an exception when I get to heaven, and, and the Lord's like, there it is. Yes. Piercing even to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and it is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Soul and spirit, joints and marrow. Spirit, soul, and body. Three parts. Okay? There are Christians out there that, that don't believe that we are three parts. They believe that we're two parts. And I'm not trying to get into a theological argument. I said that at the beginning. This is not going to be deep theological waters here. Okay? But there is this thought out there that soul and spirit are synonyms for the same thing. Or they are so intertwined that you can't tell them apart. I don't think Scripture supports that. I think that there is a, a, a delineation between them. That there is a spirit, a soul, and a body. But that being said, not only do I have scriptural support for this, I have historical support for this. So if we go on to Justin Martyr, who lived from 100 to 165 AD, for the, for the, the metal guys out there, the, the mind Christians, the, the theologians, if you have Kindle on your phone or your tablet, and you don't have the, the complete works of the early church fathers, that's like thousands and thousands of pages and would be thousands and thousands of dollars, they have it on Kindle for a buck ninety-nine. It's beautiful. 
and you can make notes in it and highlight things, and you don't have to go out and spend all that money on it. Just throwing that out there. Because it blessed me. When I found that, I was like, two bucks. Man, you can't even buy one of those for two bucks, let alone the whole thing for two dollars. So, Justin Martyr, in his book on the resurrection in chapter 10, says the resurrection is a resurrection of the flesh which died. For the spirit dies not, the soul is in the body, and without a soul, it cannot live. Honey, that's slide five. No, it's not up there. We're not doing it. Is Justin a heretic? Do I need to repent? Huh? It's not on there. It's not on there? Okay. Then let me reread this. The resurrection is a resurrection of the flesh which died. For the spirit dies not, the soul is in the body, and without a soul it cannot live. The body, when the soul forsakes it, is not. For the body is the house of the soul, and the soul the house of the spirit. These three, and all who cherish a sincere hope and unquestioning faith in God, will be saved. Man, people don't write like that anymore. We get guys that are like, well, your best life now, and this guy's like, deep stuff. Okay, origin. Your thoughts on origin? He, some people say, well, he's a little out there. Origin said this, and I, I agree with him. In his book, The First Principles, book 2, chapter 8, section 4, it appears that the soul is something intermediate between the weak flesh and the willing spirit. I think we intuitively know that. That our spirit wants to obey God. And our flesh is like, nope, I like me. And in the middle is your mind going, guys, what are we going to do here? Okay, we've got to make a, a decision. Let's take, for example, 20 bucks is given to you. You have $20. The spirit is like, go give it to that poor guy. Look at him, man. He's hungry. You can make that guy's day. You give him that 20 bucks, he can go get something to eat, something to drink. It'd be awesome. Maybe get an, even a cheap hotel. And then the flesh is like, you know how many donuts you can buy with that? <laughs> or steak? Man! Or that tool you've been wanting? You don't have... Somebody's going to come along and give that guy some money. He's probably living in a mansion anyway. He's probably just dresses up like that and stands on the street corner to get people to give him money so he doesn't have to pay taxes. And the, and the spirit's like, really? It's like the monkey giving the side eye, like, like that. And the, and the flesh is like, donuts. Come on, man. And, and the mind is going, what are we going to do? And it's leaning one way or the other. It's in the middle. What desire are we going to fulfill? What are we going to do? Are we going to be spiritual or are we going to be carnal? So we see that intuitively because we deal with it ourselves. You deal with that, right? We deal with that. We have situations come up and you have that inner conflict. That's what's going on. The spirit that wants to please God and the flesh that wants to please itself and the mind in the middle is saying, where are we going? Why is it important to renew our minds? Holy smokes. Now we know. So we renew our minds to the word of God. We get accustomed to submitting to the will of God. And we weaken our flesh. So when in those times of temptation, whether it's to do good or evil, good wins out. Amen. The mind is the battleground between spirit and body as to which one's desires will be acted on. I believe the spirit is the pneuma. This is the, the, the Greek word for it. We get in here in, in Mark. The word for spirit is pneuma. It's breath. It's wind. Okay. The word for soul is psyche. If you know anything about prefixes, it's psychiatric, it's of the mind. And then the word for strength is soma, the body, the outer frame, okay? 
If man were a phone, the spirit might be the SIM card, the soul might be the operating system and motherboard, and the body might be the housing, the microphone, the battery, the camera, and the screen. Okay, God's made us this way. We are three-part beings. Slide six, relational. We are relational beings made to love God and love our neighbors. We are to love them with the three parts that he has made, spirit, soul, and body. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter six and verse four. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. And these words which I command you today shall be in your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise up. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and that shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. And P. Graham Dunn said, Amen. I'll make a whole business out of that. We'll, we'll have signs and decorations for your house and have scriptures on it. And they're like, I'm just obeying the Lord. He said to do it. I'm, doing, I'm loving the Lord with all my heart, soul, strength, and decorations. But we need to treat this passage like, like the, the Jews and like the early church did and, and, and theologians that have come since then. And treat scripture like a diamond. That though the, the simple reading of this is that we are to holistically love God, spirit, soul, and body. By holy conduct. I think it's safe to lift this scripture up and, and, and look at it and say, are there other things that we can get out of this? Because that's what the early church did. And that's what the, the Jews did. They didn't just look at scripture and, and just say, well, that's it. Like they dug into it. They were miners of truth with pickaxes and, and daily devotion to get in there and find out exactly what does God mean by what he said? How does this apply to all the areas of my life? And so I think it's good for us to do that. The plain reading is, if you love me, you keep my commandments with everything in you. We're, we're jumping in here and looking at it a little differently. In Mark chapter 12, verse 29 through 31, Jesus answered him, The first of all commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength. Well, now there's four. They're, they're multiplying. They're breathing. This is simply a, an issue with the Septuagint translation, but I do believe that there is some truth here in that you can separate your intellect from your emotions. I think we intuitively know that when we act, you know, cranially in, in our brain, and we're not always acting in our heart, our, our emotions, that we'll, we'll do things differently. I think it's safe to break that, that down. But like Origen said, he's, later on in that chapter, he said, I can't get too dogmatic about this. I'm not going to make a, a, a hard line here. It's open, open for discussion, so we can discuss that. But I think it's safe to say that you do know there's a difference between your emotions and your intellect, right? Some people, they live out of their emotions, and they, they make great Facebook posts by their emotion. And you, you know it's from their emotion because their intellect is nowhere to be seen. <laughs> so, slide nine, we are creators like our God. We are creators. We are made differently to make differently. God has gifted us and graced us in different ways 
so that the way, the way we express our love to him is going to look differently than the way someone else expresses their love to him. Okay? Scriptural support. Got to have scriptural support. Romans 12, 3 through 8. Paul says here, For I say, through the grace of God given to me, to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. For as we have been many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function, man, that would be boring. So we, being many, are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. Amen. What a great picture of the church. A body. Some of you guys are like, well, duh, I'm a theologian. I'm the metal guy. I already know that. I, stuff like that just, just it encourages me. I love reading Paul say it that way. Having then gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Let us use them. What's your gift? What's your grace in? Don't sit on it. Don't hide it. Use it. Develop it. Get it out there. Help the body of Christ. Help the church. Help each other. Help the world. But you can't sit on those things and expect that to happen. Man, I feel like God could use me here. I really like doing this. I feel close to God when I do this. But you don't know my past, man. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the things I've dealt with. You don't know the, the inner struggles I, I deal with. The, 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 the voices telling me I'm horrible at that. I can't do that. Don't ever do that because, man, you'll just make a, an embarrassment of yourself and of Christ. And so you begin to spiritually just kind of like sit on the gifts and you're like, shut up. Shut up. I, no, I can't do that. If I put myself out there, they'll all laugh at me. Let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry. He who teaches in teaching. He who exhorts in exhortation. He who gives with liberality. He who leads with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. We're not all leaders. We're not all teachers. We're not all givers. Not all of us are merciful. That's my gift. I'm not merciful. <laughs> I have a hard time with that. I struggle there. So I look at someone that shows mercy and I'm like, man, I wish I could, I could grow in that area. They're so, they're so loving and forgiving. And I'm just, there's a part of me that's like, hold on to it. Don't forget it. And then there's the spirit in me is like, that's not, that's not really good, man. You can't do that. And the flesh is like, yeah, but you don't know. You don't know how they treated me. You know what they said about me. You know what they, and then the mind's like, again, guys, what are we going to do here? Like, Scripture says this. What are we going to do? You want to do this, which is scriptural. You want to do this, which is not scriptural. What are we going to do? 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 10. As each one has received a gift, minister it to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. Manifold. Many-sided. Like a diamond. Manifold grace of God. There's so many different sides to the grace. And how God graces and gifts one person will not be the same as how he gifts and grace someone else. And guess what? That's okay. And that, that's fine. And that's good. Because it means that the body is well-rounded. And I don't mean like after Christmas, you know, well, all that good food well-rounded. I mean well-rounded as in mature and perfect and fully able to express God's love to the world and the church's love to God. 
We're, we're his bride in the world. We're his body in the world. And we're relational. We're three parts, made to love God with those three parts, and gifted and graced to do so differently than each other. The degree to which we are able to express our love for God with his gifts is not dependent upon which gifts he has graced us with, but upon the degree to which we give ourselves to the development and use of those gifts. So how, how God has gifted you and graced you, if you're developing those things and you're using those things, your love for God is developing and being used. And you're finding confidence in God didn't make me like that. And that's okay. But this is how God made me. And this is godly and good and scriptural and I have support for it and I'm doing these things and it blesses God and it blesses the church. Scriptural support for this. Do not neglect the gift that's in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. Meditate on these things. Give yourself entirely to them that your progress may be evident to all. Whatever you meditate on, whatever you give yourself entirely to, is going to be evident to all. There will be progress that's visible. But if you sit on those things and you hide them because you're not like that person, you're not like that person, and, and there's shame there because, man, you don't know what I've dealt with in my past. I, how, could, how can I do this with, with the things I've done in the past? Guess what? The guy that wrote that stoned Christians to death. Like, took rocks and beat them until they bled out and died. And you don't like your neighbor because he puts his trash out and it spills on your yard. This guy beat Christians to death. And he reminds the church of that. I think, I think it's like three times he brings it up in his writings that he was there at the stoning of Stephen. And he, he brought Christians in and, and jailed them, went out looking for them to, to try to kill the church. And then God visits him on his little horse ride to go do more of what he was doing, knocks him off his horse and blinds him, says, you're going to go preach my gospel. Why are you persecuting me? Don't you know it's hard to kick against me? Hard to kick against the thorns. I, I lived in Kansas. You never went anywhere barefoot in Kansas because there were thorns and thistles and stickers, goat heads everywhere. And you'll understand the, the meaning of that hard to kick against the goats the first time you step on one of those and it lights your foot up. Imagine being told you're kicking against me and that's who I am. I'm, I'm pricking you every time you stick against me. This is wrong. You're wrong. Don't do this. And Paul, what's Paul do? Well, he could have been like, oh, I'm a Jew. I'm all about that Jew life. This whole Christianity thing is not for me. I'm, these guys are on the losing side. Look at them. We're throwing them in jail. And yet, what does he do? Grace of God wins him over. He repents. God takes the, the blinders off of his eyes and he can see now. And he goes out and he preaches the gospel and, and wins many to Christ and becomes a, a pro, prolific writer of the New Testament. We wouldn't have all of this without what God did through Paul. Right? 
So what are we missing out that God could do through you? God has made each of us unique and gifted us with varying strengths. If you find that you have a predilection to love God in a certain way or with all your, then it's okay. Don't cover what someone else has. You know, ask people. Ask someone you trust. How do you think God's gifted me? How do you think God's graced me? You know, what, what's evident to you? Maybe, maybe I've, been, I've been put in work with, in prayer and, and study and, and, and worship and, 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 and there's been progress there and God's been developing me here. What do you see as evident? And they'd be like, well, this is really evident. And they're like, great. But, you know, I really wanted to be like a singer. I want to sing for the Lord. Because in the shower, I sound really good. And it's the acoustics. And I'm just like, I'm singing to the Lord. And then I get out and the angels are like, nope. It's a no, dog. The Lord rebuke you. Don't ever do that again. And you're like, all right, I'll go back to the back, back of the church. And I'll, I'll stand with the deer stand Christians. We'll just, we'll just love God in silence. But you gotta, you got to be real with yourself how God has gifted and graced you. And embrace those things and build those things up. The worst thing you can try to do as a Christian is to try to fit yourself into something God's not called you or gifted you to do. The best thing you can do is identify what it is. Examine yourself. Examine scripture. Examine what, what you connect with, spirit, soul, and body. And then put all of that into that. So you may say, okay, well, what, how, does this exempt me from living according to spirit, soul, and body, loving God because I'm, I'm more cerebral? Or I'm more spiritual or I'm more in my body? Like, does that, does that mean I'm exempt from doing the other things? No, but you use those other things to build that up. Oops. Oh. <laughs> so if it's, if it's spiritual, say, and you just love worshiping God. And, and you have the voice for me. And you have the talent. Or you love worshiping God and you play and you, you, can, you can get on it with the drums or guitar or piano. Then you use your mind to study music theory. You use your mind to, to write scriptural lyrics that honor and glorify God. I believe there are songs that need to be written that you can't even sing because they so move the body of Christ, nobody can catch a breath to get the words out of their throat. So moving. Think of the song, I can only imagine. Remember the first time you heard that song? And you're all, oh my gosh! Right? Or you watch the movie and you're like, gosh, why can't I do something like that? You know, there's a person that just gave themselves to it. There are songs that need to be written that are so moving, people can't sing them. There are gifts that need to be given that are so mind-blowing. They'll look through everybody's house to see who gave me that gift. Who did this thing for me? Right? We need to, like, blow up our community with the gospel as far as how we invade and, and share and build folks up. And we need to, to, this church, build each other up. And we think about these things, and we understand I'm not the same as everybody else. And that's good, because that means I can do something that nobody else in the year is going to do. Right? Some of us, our hands are looking for work to do and things to build. Some of us are our brains looking for ideas to think or write. Some of our voices looking for words to speak or sing. But don't think the way that you feel strongest is the only way that you're able to or expected to. 
If God's strengthened you or given you grace or given you giftings in one area, to use the other areas to build that up. Okay? Live a, live a productive way of, of loving God. So, for example, evangelism. The more fluent a person is, maybe in the ways of the Spirit, spends more of their time in prayer for the lost. And they inspire outreach by writing songs or poems. So the person that's more fluent in the ways of the soul or the mind, they spend more time writing books or reading books and blogs and sermons on the need for and methods of reaching the lost. They may study scripture for effective and concise ways to share our faith. The person more fluent in the ways of the body may spend more time donating money to missionaries, or they may just spend more time going out there. Some of the, the, the craziest evangelists I've seen in Canton you go down to First Fridays downtown, the art district. These are the deer stand guys. They're like, I can't sing a lick. I'm not really good at prayer, but I'm loud. <laughs> and I'm burly. And somebody's going to listen to me. And they're up, and they're, and they're sharing the gospel, and they're handing out Bibles, and they're handing out tracts. Why? Because that's just what they, they're, they're good at. They're gifted at that. They see the need. They don't, they don't let that hinder them. They go out there, and their way of loving God is going to look different than someone else's way. But in all of our ways, we're obedient to what he's called us to do. We don't get an out. Well, I'm really gifted in this. Okay, that's fine. You can still go do the other thing. You, you can. You're expected to. The commands of God, we're expected to. The gifts and graces, they're all different. If you're not gifted in something, God's not asking you to go do that. But you need to jump in and obey the commands of God. We don't get an exemption for that based on our gifts and graces. We just use our gifts and graces to do that, how, how he's gifted and graced us to do. Amen? Any of these three people can share their faith and should share their faith. Nobody's excluded from obeying the commands of Jesus. But when they do, they will likely look and sound very different from each other in their method and delivery. You get the, the, the spiritual person out there. They're not big and burly and loud. They're just praying and handing out tracts and softly speaking to folks. They're not offensive. They're not trying to like make a big scene. And they, and they do that perfectly. I've seen those Christians out there too. Okay? How are we doing here on time? 1140. We'll conclude here. This is not to contradict the passage about loving God with all your, your whole self. This whole message here was just to compliment it. Now you see yourself in Scripture, how God has gifted and graced you. That when you love God with all your heart, soul, strength, that way of loving God that you identify most with by the way He's gifted you and graced you is going to be unique. And you need to be totally okay with how He's made you and how he's made everybody else. Okay? That we don't look down on each other and say, well, that person's not very intellectual, and that person's not very spiritual, and that person doesn't do anything. We, we, we love each other as God's graced us and gifted us. And so that we fully come together as the body. Not everybody's the foot. Not everybody's the hand or the head or the eye, the ear, mouth, nose. We don't look at each other and compare ourselves with each other. Scripture says that's not wise. So the guy that's in the books and studying and is all cranial about his faith, he doesn't look down on the guys 
no, that are singing and, and, and worshiping and praying or doing whatever spiritual things. He, he's, he's looking to build them up and they're looking to build him up. We all come together. Okay? We need to identify the things that motivate us and use them as fuel for growth in how we express our love. If the injustices of bigotry like racism and classism and ageism move you to tears, then use them as fuel to preach more, to write more, to pray more, to outreach more, to serve more, to give more. And so we fully love God. And we serve Him with everyone we've got. And we respect each other. We honor each other's gifts. And watch as everybody grows up together in their faith. We don't let those things hold us back from, from doing what God's called us to do because we're not the peg that fits in that hole. We're not the peg that fits in that hole. We're the peg that fits in that one specific hole that God's made us to do, made us to fit. And that's who we are. So I hope, if I've done everything today that I wanted to do, and you leave here encouraged, and you know, you're like, I know how God's gifted me and graced me. I'm a cerebral guy. And when I, when I want to do a devotional, I'm grabbing a, a systematic theology. Or I am a spiritual guy, and I know when I want to love God, I'm going to do it in song or in prayer. Or you're like, I know I'm a, I'm a, I'm a body guy. And I just give me something to do for God. Build a house. Go to Peru. Go, go do something. I'm, I'm there. Hands and feet. Mow a yard. Give some money. That's me. If you leave here this morning encouraging in how God's made you, and you can identify how he's made you, and you leave here better knowing how you can serve him, I, I feel like I've, I've, I've done God good here this morning. So... I am so thankful for the opportunity. Love you guys. Andrew and I love you. We've been here a year and a half. Like I said, you made us feel like family. So we'll uh, see ya. I'll wrap this up. Father, thank you so much. We love your word. We love your spirit. We love you, Father. Jesus, we're so thankful that we are your body on earth. We're thankful that you have gifted us and graced us in ways that we can build each other up to edify the body in love, to go out and reach this world for the lost, for you. We're thankful that you've given us things that we could have got our own. It's by the grace of God that I am what I am. It's by the grace of God that we are what we are. It's not our own. What do, what do we have that we've not received from you? Nothing. So help us to fully love and glorify you, spirit, soul, and body, and build up the church in all the ways that you gifted and graced us. Help us be confident in those things. Help us dedicate ourselves to developing those things, to meditating on those things, that our progress would be evident to all the body of Christ and ourselves, that you would be fully loved by your church in Jesus' name. Amen.